are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. God established three institutions. First, Genesis 2 and 3, the home. Husband, wife, children. God did that. God established government. God says we're to respect government. We're to pray for government. I told the deacons, Brother Apusin, in our staff prayer meeting the other morning, we had several men praying. We pray in the morning in my office. And as we were praying together, he began to pray. Every man was led however he wants to pray as you prayed on the government and our leaders, and so many leaders that are opposed to what we are here, but the sincerity of his heart as he prayed for me, it just blessed my heart. We're to pray for those in authority. God has established authority. The whole, God established it. Government, and thirdly, the New Testament local church. Now you become a class, though we're a church together this morning. Let's review three institutions God established. America did not establish it. The world did not establish it. God established. Don't tamper with what God has established. Three institutions. Number one was what? The home. Say it like we mean it. Ready? Begin. The what? Secondly was what? Government. Thirdly was what? Church. All three are under attack. When I began to pastor this church, four plus decades ago. The home was defined as mother and father and children. 40% of America was father, mother, and children. That's very important because the home is the foundation and fiber of society. When, every, when anyone ever wants to take over a country or cause a coup or an overthrow, overthrow, check Mr. Hitler and check what all these tyrants have done. They always create division amongst people, rich against poor, race against race, male against female, religion against religion. And all three of these institutions are under severe attack. So when I came here, 40% of every home in America was a husband, a wife, and children. In 2012, now that's been a while ago now, it's 2019. Seven years ago, it had dropped from 40% down to 20%. And America cannot survive as the home disintegrates. A home is a father and a mother and children. Now you live long enough, the children will leave. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You leave your mother and father, you cleave to your wife and you become one flesh. You weave your lives together. 
And then as children leave, mothers and dads are left without the kids. A song comes to me when that happens. Oh, happy day. Oh, it's a happy day. We miss our kids, but I tell you, we adjust it real soon. And we kind of like just the two of us. But one day, if the Lord tarries, one of us is going to have the heartache of causing the others or, 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 or being a, 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 at the funeral of another. I'll stand and my heart will be shattered if she goes first. Or she'll stand and look over me and say, I've been such a mean lady to that sweet man. Why was I tormenting him so much? I'm really battling this thing about, and it's not wrong, I like open casket funerals. I like, but I, I put my notes several months ago, I think I want, Dennis the mortician, I think I want a closed casket. He'll, he'll, I'll, I'll give him a quiz about once a year or twice a year. He knows how my hands are supposed to be upon one another. Uh, and no makeup, no, Dennis, where'd you go? No makeup. I'm not putting in, but I, I, I decided a closed casket. The only thing I don't like about closed casket, I wanted to have an offering plate in there for the bus ministry, you know, or debt retirement or something. That's gonna be an awful moment if she goes first. But I'll still have a home. I'm gonna to try to get us to all make deposits this week in the home. Uh, this right here, a microphone. We have about 100 radio stations. We have the internet that goes to over 110 countries. It goes to countries that are outlawed communist countries. I don't know how it gets there, but we have listeners that listen. You know, one of our large group of listeners are shut-ins and children. Now, you know what I try to do every service? Put a dollar in here. I feel like I'm helping the home. It takes money to pay. Uh, we were in Washington, D.C. with the seniors a week ago, and you came to a fork in the road and said, Alexandria, this way, and Richmond, Virginia, this way, and we have a radio station in both those places. And it just thrilled my heart to think on the AM dial, you can hear a program called Revival Time every single day, five days a week in those two cities from this place right here, right from my study. I love it. But I tell you what, we have children that listen there. We have children programming on a few days of the week in the afternoon. We have children that tune in and listen to that. You know, one dollar would help children. That's helping the home. We have a little bus. It's like this, but I'm going to bring that bus back out. I thought this week and put it here. I put it here. And that bus, you know, we run 29 bus routes. Is it 29, 30 bus routes to all over this region? We had 1.4 million children ride the buses to Sunday school in 43 years. Many of you rode the Sunday school bus in years gone by, or now you're an adult and you're riding with your kids. That's an investment in the home. The home you're investing may be a mother and kids or a father and kids. It may not be mom and dad and kids, but that's a home. I really believe I'll pull that little punch the glass bus out and put a dollar in it. Why? We're keeping the bus running to the homes. You know, the Christian school, God bless you folks, it is a money loser. 
Right now, we're $104,000 behind in the Christian school because the tuition doesn't pay for the schooling. But it's well worth it because we're investing in little boys and little girls and teenagers, young boys and young men that are gonna grow up to love God, love family, love the church, and love America. That's a good investment. We have a college here. I tell you, God's been so good to us. Give us college students from all over the United States, every state nearly, and, and foreign countries, and it's wonderful. What a privilege. That's investing in the home. We have a Spanish ministry, an English ministry. Uh, we have a, a Indian ministry, a Filipino ministry. I I, anytime there's an offering for one of those ministries, invest, you're investing in the home. We have a worldwide missions program where we're building churches and we're supporting missionaries. That's investments in the homes of the world. The Bible is gonna come to a close in the book of Malachi, the very last chapter, the last book, the last chapter, the last verse of the Bible. Look what God says, and then he's going to be silent for 400 years. Look what he said. Verse 6, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse, you need not turn there. But that's the last verse. Daddies and children, family, home. God began back in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and then God's gonna create life in those chapter one and two. The life of man, man's gonna have life you get to the very last chapter, the last book, the last chapter, last verse, and God's still talking about the home because it was the first thing he established. Adam and Eve, they're without sin, and they had a son, and the Bible said that was a home, first institution. And now he says, I'm gonna close. For 400 years, I'll be silent. I've given you this Old Testament, this Old Covenant, but the last thing I want to remind you, keep your home in order. Now we move over to, don't turn there, to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, same time, same history time. And the very same verse that you have here, 400 years later, he begins with again in Luke 1.17. He said, I want the hearts of the fathers on the children. And the hearts of the children upon the fathers. I believe everyone needs to be involved this week in the home. I believe every, every one of you singles, you ought to do something to support the home in America. We see our homes falling apart. I know it's spring week and apparently down in Florida, they're having nothing but chaos and 14, and 15, and 16, and 17, and 18, and 19, and 20 year old kids are getting drunk on the beaches and there's no control. They're fighting against one another. Men are taking their fists and hitting women, knocking women out. They're laying all over the place drunk. That's an investment in sin, it's not investment in the home. Those parents are careless. Those parents are wrong. 
those parents are hurting their kids because a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Children need constant daily love and supervision. You don't leave your kids alone. You don't go somewhere. A question in our class was asked, by the way, the question box this morning. Mrs. Trevor asked it, when can you start to leave your kids alone? And I, I'm glad what her answer was, but friend, you are responsible for those kids. A lot can happen in five minutes that's wrong. I suggest parents do not take a lot, really, unless you're staying with grandma and grandpa. Don't take all these trips all over the world. You wait till they walk down the aisle and you can take every trip you want. I've watched so many in 43 years of pastoring, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people. I've watched many people get up to 11th grade with their kids or 12th grade and think we're home free only to watch them have their kids destroy their life. Today we're speaking about the foundation of society and it's the whole I believe every single ought to be involved in rescuing the home this week. Every widow involved in rescuing the home and every widower and every shut-in and every shattered home. Your kids have broken your heart. You still have responsibility. So we look at this text in a moment. Say, so, well, what can I do? I'm, I'm listening right now. I'm a shut-in. What can I do? for the home by way of introduction, one of the greatest things every person can do is prayer. These young couples that are raising these children today, it's not as easy today as it was even, it's always been hard and difficult, but you ought to pray. In most homes, not just in the Silicon Valley, but nationwide and now becoming worldwide, every mother is having to work to help support, and a father is working, it's time consuming, they're away from home, I understand all that, but oh, how we ought to pray for that dear lady, she's going to work right now. The kids have been dropped off at school, and her husband's at work right now, and you ought to pray by name for these dear young girls and young ladies that are working a job and trying to raise a family. Maybe you can invest in prayer in the single mothers. For some reason, that, that husband walked out or left or for some reason, uh, God chose to take that husband. You know how many single mothers we ought to be praying for and single fathers? Amen. So you're shut in. It doesn't mean you're shut out. You still have a job. You still have a task to do. Prayer. I think of deeds of kindness. Some of you. Dear ladies, you're living alone and you're living on a fixed income. But perhaps there's still some mobility. Do you know that you can get up in the morning and not turn the TV on and start to work on a meal for a family in this church and say, that young girl goes to work early and her husband goes to work early and the kids are coming home and by four o'clock I could have a dinner this week. Why don't you cook a meal a week? I don't know how to cook. When I'm at home, there's hardly a week goes by my wife doesn't cook a meal for somebody who's done it for years. There's scores of people in this room that you do something for other families all the time. What you're doing, you're investing. You know, when mother comes home, you, I know it's more of a 
Bible study this morning and a preaching message. But you imagine, you imagine a lady as she's worked an eight hour trip and a job and she's been an hour on the road, an hour coming home and she's frazzled and a meal is waiting for the family. That's investing in the home. Prayer is investing in the home. Deeds of kindness, notes of encouragement. You ladies could write another lady and say, you don't really know me much, but I've watched you with your kids. It seems like you're doing a very good job. God bless you. Because most mothers at times feel like I'm just doing such a terrible job. Perhaps fathers the same way. You know, there might be something you could do, as I mentioned, to support financially a radio, a bus, a Christian school, a college, so we can help the home. The home is the foundation of society, and when the home is destroyed, a feminist said this a few years ago in this decade. She said, a, a woman needs a, a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Have speaking before a group of feminists, what that crowd is is a bunch of ladies that failed, and their platform is their failure. And they're making fun, women, you don't need a man. And that's what's being pushed in our schools, in our society. Men are the problem. Men are all whoremongers. Why? I want to tell you that's not true. I happen to pastor a great crowd of people and an internet friend and radio friend. And I'm telling you today, I know there's problems with some men here and there. But by and large, I pastor good men and great ladies. Stop having this world tell you that everybody, every man in this world is a whoremonger. The text before us, verse six, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. I first wanna to say today, Dad, turn your heart to your kids. Turn your heart to the kids. Stop walking out on them. Some in this room or under my voice or watching today, you might be making preparations today for this week to walk out. You're a fool. You fathered a child, and now you have a responsibility. Well, yeah, but I kind of want to play basketball. First of all, you're no good. I mean, I'm 107 years old and I could take you on and beat you hands down anytime, I guarantee it. It's always amazing. I won't mention his name. We had a president that tried to act like he was really a good basketball player. And the world tried to get on that he's great. I'll never forget when he said, I don't know if, I forget the exact number. I don't know if you're number 97 or what. You don't play basketball with 97. It has to be one number has to go on this hand and one has to go on this hand. So when you tell the referee that there's been a, a foul, you don't go against 97. No, it's 24. Watch it. He tried to act like he, was, he still thinks he's a good ball player. 110 years age, I'm growing during the message. I could beat him. He doesn't shoot with his pointer finger. 
He shoots like this. Hangs out with the NBA guys, but he's not a ball player. Hey, you guys, you wanna go join the gym to play ball and be in the league? You can't, you have a son, go watch him. You got a little girl, go be with her. You got kids, take care of the kids. Well, I'm buff. Yeah, what's that big old thing hanging out over here? You're not buff. And it's not even paid for. Well, I can't be with my kids. My job is all consuming. Then quit the job. Go get a job, eat in the middle of the donut holes out of donuts, but do something that keeps you home. You get one shot at these raising these kids. One time. And you know when you know what you're doing? After you're done. People write books all the time. How to raise kids, and they're raising. You don't know diddly squat. And there I go with Greek again. Stop the job situation that's all consuming. Stop the money, I gotta have money. Stop the travel, oh, it's so very important in my life. Stop the big vision about everything else. You know, what is so wrong about having a wife and a child and children and family and going to the park and playing ball and going to the park and, 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 and kicking the ball? And what's so bad about riding bicycles together? Spring is here, summer is here. And what's so bad about having a barbecue in the park? And what's so bad about singing with your kids and praying every night with your kids? I could, if I want to, last night, go into a room that, let's say, Tim, would, that would have been his bedroom right there, and knelt and prayed with Tim, but there's no Tim. He's pastoring the church today. He has his four kids. He's out of our life. He is in Arizona, not out of our hearts. He's moved away. I'm not praying with my kids at their beds. I didn't go into the bedroom to pray with Tiffany last, last night. Her husband's pastoring a trip, a, a church down in Southern California. They have five kids. Now her, her, her room, would, it's, we had a room there, would, it's empty. Tabitha's room would be empty. She's got four kids serving God with her husband here. Oh, but I remember going in those rooms at night when they were sleeping, having prayer with them before they went to bed and family prayer. And then I can remember going in there. Sometimes they're sleeping, dear God. I hear this little voice, this little breath breathing. This precious little child. And pray for those kids. Dads, the Bible says, he wants your heart on your kids. I'm not suggesting you can't play ball. But if you're gonna go fishing, go with your son. You can go deep sea fishing the rest of your life. Generally, when your kids leave your home, you're not that old. Most of you, by the time you're 50, the earlier your kids will be gone. And you'll have time for walks and rides with your wife and buy a motorcycle. I need a motorcycle. Man, I tell you, Brother Poussin, you need one too. We'll go riding up here in these hills together. I tell you what, you'll have time for all these events in life. And when it's just the two of you, your wife's gonna look at you and say once in a while, can't you go do something? 
Yes, I never thought you'd ask. I love being with her. And I can't imagine she's living with someone like me. What a privilege in life. But sometimes she says, why don't you go work some more? I worked 20 hours today. Go put some more time in. I need some free time. Well, I don't know if it's like that. Dad, make investments with your time. Give your kids the time they need. Give attention to your ear with your ears to your children. God gave us two ears and one mouth. Listen more than you lecture. Because the day is coming when you've raised them right, you'll be able to release them. They're in our prayers. I prayed for our kids by name this morning. I'll pray for them through the day. They're in my hearts. I'll check with Brother Tim today. Say, how was the day in your church? I'll text them three days from now. He'll text me back. But nonetheless, he's, you know, that's just the way it works sometimes. Are you listening, Brother Tim? Ryan texts me, and three days later, I text him back. Just the opposite. I'm not good at all that. But make some investment with your time and make some investment with your ears. And it's not like you're talking about, okay, what's going on, son? No, you can say this. What's happening in your life, son, that you'd like me to be aware of I can pray for you about? What is it I can do for you, son? And don't debate. Keep your mouth quiet and listen. Let your dad, let such a talk to his dad. Let your son talk to his mama. Mama, he needs you. Yeah, but he's six foot two now. And I know he needs your mother. And make some investment with your praise. Son, you're doing a good job. And make some investment in correction. Make some investment in instruction. I untied that shoe again. What's that? I'll tie it the third time here. I'm not sure what's going on. And make some, make some investment in laughter. Some of you folks need to chill out. You're too serious. <laughs> Just laugh with your kids. and Make some investment in the Bible and in prayer. Make some investment in, in enjoying fellowship with one another. Because they, they comes, wife. You know what I'm talking about. They're gone. There's no investment in their house, our house anymore. You'll have plenty of time for the two of you. Take time. I'm not suggesting you can't take time. I think it's important you listen to your wife. Listen to your wife, Ralph. But notice what he says. I'm so behind time. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. The heart of the children to the father. You know, that's a two-way street, kids. Listen to me, kids. I know you think at 13 you know everything now. But you need your mother and dad. I'm 17. I'm 19. You need your mom and dad. It doesn't mean that you come to mom and say, my nose is running. Will you wipe it for me, mama? And she's, you're 19 and six foot five and... I'm not talking about that nonsense. You young boys, your mom, your mom, your aunts are so important. My aunt made such great investment with my life when I was a high school senior on my way to work at 10.30 in the morning. 
And I'd stop by her house and by 11, she had a sandwich and a meal and she talked to me for about 30 minutes. She wasn't highly educated. She was just a good woman. Her husband built the building over here on Clyde Avenue for us. He died at age 68, she died at age 68. But when she was in her late 40s and 50s, she was making investments in Jack's life. She was telling me how to wash my face three, four, five times a day and what to use so I wouldn't get acne. And she taught me that my mom was something very special, her older sister. And when your mom's dad died, mother was already dead. Your mom was 21 and I was a child and your mother your mother raised the three of us girls. And the, the state of Wisconsin gave her the right to raise those kids because she turned 21. I, I want to say my aunt wasn't an educated woman. She put some investment in me. I'm always going to be indebted. My pastor's wife. Oh, God bless her soul. She poured her life into the teenagers of our youth group. Just poured herself into that youth group. She loved us. We didn't have youth pastors back then. She loved us kids. She taught us how to read our Bible, how to pray. She took every Sunday afternoon our, our Bible reading books and she looked at what we were doing. She sent us off to two rest, rest, uh, rest homes every Sunday afternoon taught us how to conduct a service in 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. I'm indebted. Kids, you better start listening to your mom. You, you, this independent stuff, independence always destroys a home. Independence destroys love. Independence destroys a marriage. The two of you are together now. Husband and wife, you have weaved together. And when a wife is out doing her thing and a husband's out doing his thing and the kids are doing out their thing, then I'm gonna tell you something, the home will be destroyed. You prayed my third point, so I'll just mention it. Do you know what's the last word is curse? God begins in Genesis 1 with life and then man messes up. He commits sin. There's murder in chapter, in, in the book of Genesis. There's fornication and adultery in Genesis. There is incest in Genesis. There's lying to your dad in Genesis for 20 years about your brother being sold into bondage. You said he was killed. Genesis is how man just said, I'm not going to do it God's way. God says here in the last word, he says, I want to, I want to say another word for 400 years. I want you to know when you destroy the whole, there's a curse. I think we're living under a curse today. We have redefined a life within a woman. That now we laud it when the day of their birth, a mother can still make a decision in a two states. I think I'm going to go ahead and kill this thing. And we've legalized murder of a child, safest place in all the world, a mama's womb. 
and we've redefined marriage. God says male and female. That's what God says. And he goes, oh, you Baptist, has nothing to do with Baptist. Has to do with the Bible. God said male and female. And then he said male and female, you go ahead and procreate. You have more children. Two men cannot give birth to a child. Two women cannot give birth to a child. And then we've taken this precious book In 62 and 63, he said, we don't want this book in our schools and we don't want prayer in school. How are we doing with police on the campus now? I would say that's the curse that we, not God, we put on ourselves. The hope. I'm so burdened about the hope today. Our Father... Help us understand the home is under tremendous attack. Grandmas and grandpas, oh, how they need to pray for their children and grandchildren. Encourage them, support them, love them. Our homes are so fragmented. I think that 80% of the children are being raised in homes that are not a father and a mother. And I know in some cases there's been death. I know in some cases a dear wife has been abandoned or a dear husband's been abandoned. Lord, I don't want them to leave here feeling like they're second rate. I admire them so much. Being both mother and father and father and mother to a child. Lord, bless those people. I pray that you give them encouragement in the heavy load they carry and seeking to fulfill two responsibilities. Lord, I pray your blessing upon our America. We realize if the home is destroyed, which is the foundation of the nation, will destroy the nation. This place that people are trying to get into. Because in this America, we have freedom. In this America, we have the best health care program in the world. Doctors and nurses and we have so many things going for us. And I know the world tries to tell us how bad America is. But oh God, we, we have the Bible. We have, we have more churches than any other country in the world. And yet our churches become secularized. Speak to our hearts. With our heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I don't want to just preach my heart and just see a person or two come. I want God. I pray that God move on your heart. We've got to get into the home business. Whether you're a widow or a widower, whether it's going to mean prayer or a meal or a note or a deed of kindness, We've got to do something. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.